Buongiorno, you lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 139 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stacey, and joining me in my virtual parlour of delights. I'm gesturing around as though there's anything that's in here that's delightful. It's just a lot of turtles figures. Uh, <laughs> is the absolutely delightful host of the And Why Not podcast and general tip-top gent, it's Stuart Mulrain. Welcome. I think the only thing that was true in that was my name. <laughs> <laughs> you are the host of And Why Not? All right, two things were true in that. <laughs> I was You scared me for a moment there because I thought, <laughs> did I get the name of his podcast wrong? Have I fucked it immediately? No, no, um, I went for the most generic name you can have for a podcast. I know, fuck, I can never find it. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Like, having launched uh, Never Seen recently, I realised that there are a billion podcasts with the, those two words. Yeah, I know. I, I had a nightmare trying to find it. <laughs> abs- absolute. Because whenever I click on the link in your thing, my phone just completely goes nuts. I, do you know what? I don't want to rag on Podbean while I'm putting a podcast out on Podbean. But for reasons I can't fathom, when I put links up to my episodes for Never Seen or The Parlour, only from certain websites, it doesn't happen on all of them. It acts like it's not a secure website and it won't let me go to it. But if I post it on Twitter, it's fine. I don't understand. I don't understand the internet or technology. I've been podcasting for 11 years. Hello. (laughs) See, I, I just left Podbean, so I can say what I like about them. Oh, you can if you want, um, but don't get me into it. I moved to Acast, it's free. It, well, yeah, but doesn't don't they put adverts in your podcast? Nope. So I'm scared of that. You, you have the option. Because I, I legit stopped listening to a podcast for a while because the automatic adverts that Acast were putting in were for the Piers Morgan show, and I was like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah, I stopped listening to Komodo Mayo, not just because of where the adverts were put in, but just because they had so many fucking adverts in it. I, was like, I came to listen to the film talk on the Witter and Bands. I didn't come here for you to sell me something that you do not believe in at all, but it's in a script, so you've got to read it. <laughs> I've always said that if I ever had a big enough podcast that I could actually like legitimately get sponsors and do adverts, that I would just go, buy this thing, and then that'd be it. Because I can't be, like, who can be bothered skipping, you know, skipping every 30 seconds? <laughs> That's what I like about things like Tell Him Steve Dave, where they pretty much just have a conversation around the advert. Mm. But that's more confusing to me because I'll be like, hold on, what? <laughs> is this still the podcast? But it, it doesn't Help. feel like an advert, so it's fine. <laughs> it's just nothing worse than those horrible acted out, read from a script. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> this 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 isn't uh, the podcast ragging upon other podcasts hour. How are you doing? Oh, How is not? it? It's... All my notes are useless then. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've been uh, practicing my Australian accent. I, I, I am doing all right. I'm, I'm in that downward spiral, but I've been led to believe that it has a bottom somewhere. So. Oh, I don't know how to respond to that. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I did that British thing where I asked, how are you? But I don't really want to know the answer yeah, unless you go, oh, I'm fine, mate. Absolutely fine. I keep People keep I'm doing fine. that with me at work. How are, you, how, are you, how are you doing, Stace? Dreadful. Oh, I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> I've been in a downward spiral since about 1998, so it's fine. I feel like, personally, it's been since about 2015. Like, things just, just, just since then, it's just been like a never-ending parade of shit, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> With, like, some nice bits dotted here and there, but largely, you know, just a pile of shit. What a lovely way to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the world's on fire. Let's go back to <laughs> Oh, lordy. Well, uh, I, I did want to say to people that um, 
I've been on and why not a couple of times and we like literally just recorded another one that probably isn't out yet (laughs) she says in May I think there we go so if you enjoy this combination of voices well done I can never do that I'm recording this technically the day before it's supposed to come out it's not going to come out tomorrow it just isn't the editing's not going to happen I'm not going to do it but oh well (laughs) I don't like getting too far ahead but at the same time everything just seemed to align so if I can get them all edited I can have a nice break without actually appearing like I'm having a break see you're lucky summer specials coming up and they come out weekly so that's a bastard of work (laughs) you're lucky though because you can record yours early because you just pick a a thing a one thing a one film to talk about and then you talk about that whereas i like to try and talk about relatively new things which means that if i record them in advance they're not new anymore yeah the only potential <laughs> issues we possibly have but because i record an intro just before i've done or just after i've done the editing and just before it comes out i can put things in then so the only things we potentially got is like you know the star of the film we're talking about turns out to be a sex pest <laughs> or is dying touch wood that's not happening or they die yeah <laughs> oh, or God when with the crow episode we released it and then that alec baldwin shooting thing happened and we were like shit we better take it actually i didn't even think about it somebody messaged me and was like because they promote the podcast after the fact yeah they were like do you want us to not promote it and i was like shit that didn't even occur to me yeah you're right i'm gonna take it down as well that's pretty bad timing (laughs) oh i mean obviously you know I don't mean that to sound like a woe is me, my podcast had to be removed because I tell you what, if I had to take down every podcast where somebody turned out that I'd talked about as though they were great turned out to be a sex pest, I don't think I'd have any episodes left. <laughs> like yeah, I was show episode and be a nightmare, wouldn't it? God. No, there was a, I was listening I was listening back to an episode recently and like okay, I don't think he's turned out to be a sex pest, but I do think he's turned out to be at best a weirdo at worst a menace uh where i was going on about how tj miller's like the, the, the so amazing in deadpool core isn't he the best weasel you've ever seen and i'm just going on like he's the best thing since sliced bread and i just wish wish i could go back in time and be like mm, don't do that stace <laughs> yeah i mean i don't mind telling people how amazing arcade fire are. and i maintain they are still amazing but they're very problematic now. yeah we um we were supposed to see arcade fire that week that that news came out anyway anyway <laughs> yeah i maintain though neon bible is an amazing album <laughs> oh i mean it is but i haven't been able to listen to it since but anyway yeah yeah let's let's talk about something less shit shall we <laughs> she says optimistically i don't know what's on your list of things to talk about and because i'm a gracious host i am going to hand it over to you first so shit. well i mean the, the main notes i've got was on the tmnt mutant mayhem trailer yes (laughs) i know that's why i'm here because we're both turtle wankers big fat turtle wankers like absolute just just complete turtle numpties i can't cope with my feelings on the mutant mayhem (laughs) it's genuinely embarrassing how excited i am and uh my niece, no, my cousin texted me the other day and she was like, oh, well, are you doing anything on the 4th of August? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be at the cinema. Why? She was like, oh, it's my, it's my birthday and I was going to have, it's going to go out, have a little, you know, go a meal or whatever. And I was like, mm, not going to happen, Bab, sorry, I've got a date with some turtles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to see it on a loop. Just on it, just keep going in and out of the showings, pop to the toilet, go back in, watch it again. She says, as though the film, mm, film might be shit, I don't know. But the trailer, whew, 
It doesn't have any Michael Bay fingerprints on it, so... Do you know what? I am one of those turtle wankers that doesn't mind the two Bay movies. See, I'm not a fan of the first one. It's got bits in it I like. I love the bit in in the lift where they're just, uh, you know, jamming that's a reference to the video game. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the most part, I hate the look of those turtles. They look cool as figures. Oh, But I hate the look of them. I hate the way they're performed, as in voices. I I don't mind The second one, though, I really like the second movie. I was like, I they're, they're getting this right with the second movie, but obviously because nobody liked the first movie, nobody went to watch the second movie, so we never got yeah. anything more after it. I made my husband go with me to see the second movie the weekend of our anniversary when it came out, and he was like, how is this how I'm spending my anniversary? He hated it. He thought it was shit. He was like, well, what is this absolute ball bag nonsense? <laughs> there was me running around going, beep up a rock study though, <laughs> getting a little bit excited. And in the case of crying, a literal ball bag. Literal Although I will say, as much as I love Stephen Amell's Arrow, he wasn't right as Casey Jones. Not, not at Case, all. Casey Jones Terrible. should be a cop. No, no, he shouldn't. He, he could have been be a great a Casey Jones if they'd done the proper Casey Jones. Yeah. Like this weird maverick rookie cop thing, and you're never going to top Elias Kataeus for me. Like he's no. just, he's just too good as Casey. No, um, him and Tarzan Boy are the two best things about the third one. <laughs> but <laughs> what's annoying? Really... Wasted in the third one. I was just, just going to say. The actual, the actual scenes with him in are, are bad. They're, they're yeah. bad. But um, anyway, this isn't podcast in a half shell. Um, <laughs> that's a different show that I do. Um, come on, what were your thoughts on the Mutant Mayhem trailer? Because I'm I'm so fingers crossing that you're as excited as I am. <laughs> I I'm really excited. I mean, I've followed turtles since the cartoon got me bang at the right age. It was about ten. Yeah. So possibly as i was moving to senior school should have left it behind but fuck that shit nah um, don't want to do that i loved that series saturday mornings whatever weekday afternoon it was on i was all about the turtles and then when i had a childminder she had like the children's channel or whatever it was that showed it so that was more turtles or it might have been sky one actually part of the dj cat show <laughs> um yeah they showed it every morning Although they seem to keep showing the same fucking episodes. The one where oh, yeah. it's a different voice for Raphael, that one episode. I am almost certain that I've not seen all of the 80s show. And I've just I don't think started... I have either because I dropped off towards the end. I've just started to watch because I didn't even realise there's like 10 seasons of it. I'm pretty sure I've only seen one and two consistently over and over again. <laughs> I watched, yeah, I watched that up till night two maybe. And then I got more into like Batman, Superman and... Mm. Let's be honest, girls. Girls weren't into me, but I was into girls. Uh, (laughs) Metaphorically, not literally. I was 12. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, and I really got into comic books and then found out Turtles was a comic book first as well. Mm Because in pre-internet days, no, no. Yeah, I I did not know that until I was old enough that I should (laughs) have. Yeah, Yeah, because I remember getting a Turtles jigsaw puzzle thing that was like from a carnival or something i was like these turtles look weird and fucking wrong they've all got red bandanas what's this shit can't even get it right not realizing that you know it's an eastman original but whoops (laughs) (laughs) the ignorance of youth but yeah Yeah. i mean i loved those movies and then i dipped in and out of the 2003 series when it was on went back and bought all the dvds i could when i was old enough i liked the 2012 series i got mixed feelings on rise of the (gasps) my baby I really enjoyed the film. I find the series a bit like they're trying to be Teen Titans Go too much. Well, I possibly need to watch more of it. They only released one of it on DVD. Hmm. So, so you've not poss- seen season two? No. So I possibly need oh. to see more of it. Okay. So here's the thing. Plus, it was, suppo- that, that it was supposed to be amazing. 
the 2012 series was amazing. There was supposed to be seven seasons of Rise, and then they cut season two. They cut season two short and gave up on it after that. And it's very obvious that they were trying to build up to things in Rise that never come to fruition. So there's a lot of the first season is just like silly adventures that they go on where you can like get into the feel of the characters and they're just like fun, like learning ninja stuff. And then season two has some absolute boss episodes where it's like, lads, have you thought about genuinely thinking about being ninjas? Because shit, there's some dangerous nightmares out there. Um, And then the movie kicks your heart in the crotch. (laughs) I, 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 like I'm one of those sad people that occasionally will just like have a peep at the writers of Rise on Twitter and just be like, have they renewed it yet? <laughs> I've seen the Rise movie five times since it came right, out. I, it, I know it was your film of the year because that's the audio clip you sent in for our yeah. films of 2020. It's a strong chance that there's going to be like, Turtles When you were like, I guarantee film. nobody else is going to pick this. And you were right. Uh, yeah, I knew, I knew because as much as it's like uh, my favourite thing that I saw last year, like everybody else I know was like, why haven't you picked Banshees of Inishu and you fucking numpty? And I'm like, look, that's a really good film if you want to cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, this one has Ninja Turtles in it, so sure. up. Now, the um, film is what fucking gets you. I mean, my, one of my all-time favourite films is Footloose. I will stand by it forever, even though Guardians of the Galaxy have kind of ruined that for me. No, I've never seen Footloose. Shocking. I know, isn't that though? Add that to the I got the novelisation the other day. I paid like twenty odd quid for this. Well done. Um, but it was like the best day of my life. It's stained to fuck, but <laughs> with what? No, I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't think too much about it. <laughs> it's, it's either um, some form of chocolatey drink or shit. But I'm reading the book. God damn it. <laughs> what a delight! What absolute delight! <laughs> so you're a big Turtles fan, is where we're at. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've even watched some episodes of The Next Mutation. Oh, me too. The, the Savant. I, I've owned, I own the DVDs of them because I'm a completist. Did you watch Ninja Turtles Superman Legend, which is the four or five episodes very shortly Danny May, where they turn into a big robot? No, because I didn't know about it until that Toy Galaxy Dan Larson video that I sent you the link or tagged ah, okay. Steve Sims in it on Twitter. Yes. Steve Sims is a massive total spanker as well. Yes, g- g- give that a watch if you can. It's dreadful, but great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, okay, Mutant Mayhem, come on. What What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's it's kind of a trailer that tells you nothing. Yeah, I like that about it. But I like the look of them. I like that they're continuing with... I'm going to get the Go Woke, Go Broke crowd after me, but I like that they're continuing with an African-American April O'Neil. I thought Thank that was you. a really smart thing they did with Rise. I thought it was a nice reinvention of the character. I said to you when we talked about it before, um, I didn't watch. I found out the trailer was out and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to wait until my youngest is home because he's a turtles wanker as well. <laughs> it's like 10. So I probably shouldn't call him a turtles wanker. Probably not. No. <laughs> so I wanted to watch it with him because I wanted to see like a kid experience it as well at the same time. Yeah. Even though we were both kind of like, <laughs> like simple idiots. Um, <laughs> I mean, he loved the stuff like, you know, they look like little Shreks. The <laughs> yeah. Donny with the sigh in his leg. That killed that me. The voice acting on that scream is perfect. I love the voice of Donny. I love that he's kind of. Oh, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something terrible about that? <laughs> a bunch of people on Twitter started getting their pants in a twist because they decided that was a girl and that that, that we've gone so woke we've transgendered Donny, and uh, I can't I can't with these people. <laughs> 
I just even know, if they're though, who cares? Well, who, yeah, who? I who cares? And I mean, because the voice acting terrible. was good, but also yeah. the voice acting was good. If they were shit, I'd be like, okay, maybe I can see where you're coming from. But um, that that particular sequence, I was whizzing laughing because I I a friend of mine tagged me in the in the trailer. I love that I've become the person that everybody's like something turtles related. <laughs> Throw it at Stace. It's turtles. Yeah, I think I tagged you in a comment when they released a preview of the figures. So I'm tagging Stace. Yeah, Stace. Stace is in this. And uh, and and it was like a Monday lunchtime. And so I watched it on my phone. Uh, and then I watched it several more times on my phone that afternoon. And then I, when I finished work, I watched it on the big TV and lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> but that sequence with the sigh killed me and there's two reasons for it because it's just very funny anyways but i love leonardo's reaction because he's standing there with two whacking great swords getting very stressed out of the idea of a stabbing he's like oh my god i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna be sick and i'm like dude you're gonna have such a hard time wielding swords mate oh no that's very funny i love that they actually seem to be teenagers yes because while i love every other turtles iteration they've always felt like older teenagers like close to their 20s rather than I think I've spoken to you about this before, but TMNT 2007, the CGI movie, is the one that gets me because all of them sound like men about to do their taxes. Yeah. Like they, they, I've never heard a bunch of middle-aged men sound more like middle-aged men. <laughs> like when he's on the phone, oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. But Donnie, when he's doing his tech job on the phone, do you know it might have been for me too? Oh, that's sad. Because my parents wouldn't take me to do the 1991. I had to wait for it to be on video. I was too young, and then I got a copy of the the VHS, and I ruined it from watching it too much. <laughs> I dragged my wife to cool. see that one. She was like, "No, never again, you prick." <laughs> I I took my hubby to see it, and he thought it was fine. He thought that one was fine. I mean, we both agree that the plot is is basically a paper thin, but I don't care because it's so much fun. It's like genuine fun. But I do think, aside from Michelangelo, they all sound like they're about to like have yeah. a little afternoon nap and then do their taxes <laughs> talk, talk about their wills <laughs> yeah like you know or uh, install a very sure alarm or so other alarms are available but that's the one that's seeped into my brain because there's so many shit goddamn adverts for them right now um but seth rogan had said ages ago because i was getting sort of worried about this film because last august septemberish they announced this film was coming out in august this year but there was no like cast there was no there was like no information about it whatsoever except a logo and the fact that Seth Rogen had said, I want them to be teenage boys because they are supposed to be teenage boys. So we're going to cast teenage boys. And I was like, OK, that sounds like good news. And then literally crickets until like two weeks ago. I think it was the uh, Kids Kids Choice Awards for Nickelodeon when they'd had like a teaser trailer that was literally just their weapons and then the logo. And they announced the cast list. And that drove me insane on its own on that Sunday because Ray fucking Philae. I could, I'm going to see a Turtles movie with Ray Philae in it. What? I can't. Ah! Like, I'm so. I, I was looking at the list and I was like, Winglet's going to be in this. That's a weird choice. I love it. Uh, Mondo, great. Because there was me thinking, oh, yeah, of course, it's called Mutant Mayhem. There's going to be a bunch of mutants in it. But I was thinking. You know, like the standards, like your bebops, your rock steadies, yeah. your uh, Baxter Stockman turning into a fly. And then they throw like wing nut at you and fucking, fucking Ray Fly. <laughs> On a side note, Baxter Stockman, that episode where he turned into a fly in the 87 series fucked me up as a kid. 
Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I watched it recently because I've just started watching the uh, the eighty seven series, and it's it's a it's a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> Properly fucked me up. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd not seen like you know Cronenberg's The Fly or the original The Fly at that point either. So, God, The Fly is one. It's one of those movies that's like genuinely brilliant, but I can't. I don't like to rewatch it because I can't really look at a lot of it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so one of those gross. Films every so often or. Yeah. But I mean we're talking like every fifteen years or <laughs> Well we watched it last year because we were doing um the Night uh, Nightmare on Film Street podcast did a thirty thirty one days of horror thing for October and they did like a load of prompts for you to pick a movie each day to watch. And I can't remember for what prompt it was that made us watch the fly. But we were like halfway through and I was like, I remember why I don't watch this frequently now. It's like faces hanging off and all sorts of grim, gooey stuff is happening. And I'm like, look. <laughs> See, I'm not a massive horror guy anyway. I, I dread something oh, I, I like to come on the podcast and talk about. I've I've already pre-warned people if they do horror, if it's something too fucking extreme, I'm not touching it. See, I'm not a big fan of gore, but See, I do I don't like, like horror. Gore. Yeah, so like. Some of the Saw films, like, nah, can't be fucked with that. Yeah, no, some of them are too much for me. Hostel, um, fuck off. <laughs> d- d- me and Rich trying to watch Gerald's Game was an absolute fucking laugh. I don't know if you've seen that, but no. it's... Uh, do you know the premise it. of it? Yeah. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know the premise of it, a woman gets handcuffed to her bed for some, you know, spice up your sex life with your husband times, but he has a heart attack and dies and she's stuck there. And um, it's, pretty, it's pretty grim, but there's she sort of is it degloving they call it when she tries to get out of the handcuff mm. and it take, just takes off her and uh, my husband had to literally leave the room and go into the kitchen because he was like hur, hur. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just sitting there like, uh. <laughs> it's like there's like, a great oh. there's a great Kevin Bacon <sighs> film called Footloose now there's another great Kevin Bacon <laughs> film called Tremors mm-hmm. but no there's another great Kevin Bacon <laughs> film called I Spirit love Tremors okay I've not seen that Stir of Echoes is great. It's nice. It's mm. really nice and creepy. But there's a bit where they flash back to what actually happened to the girl. And there's just a bit where she grabs the floor and her fingernail breaks off like properly. And I was like, anything, oh. anything fingernails, fingernails and eyes. eyes. Yep. Too many movies are putting things in eyes. I don't want it. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah, We're not going to get that immediate mayhem, hopefully. Anything involving kids, I just yeah, instant turn off for me for films. So <laughs> when I do watch Stuart of Echoes now, I have to be like, that bit's coming up. I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, anyway, Mutant Mayhem. Anyway, Mutant Mayhem. Right <laughs> fucking fly. So go on. I love this <laughs> opens with a really nice instrumental version of the 87 theme tune. Me too. And then it leads into Can I Kick It? Yeah. I, uh, everything about the trailer, like, I mean, the animation studios that doing it, Micross, I want to say, and Cinesite. Like, just, I can't, I can't fathom. So I took a lot of screenshots from the film because I got very overexcited and I was sending them to everybody I know, like, look at this, look at this. Have you looked at this, though? And, uh, and like, every single one of them looks like a beautiful painting that you'd find in, like, a, you know, the art of this movie kind of big fancy hardback book. Because the whole thing is, like, gorgeous. Oh yeah, really like, in, like into the Spider Verse. I can't wait to get the art of book for this film. Yeah, it's, it's gonna got be that it's gonna nice, be vibrant. Ooh, yeah, you could frame anything from it. And, and like I say, I can't wait to get my hands on the toys. I love the designs of the turtles. I like. I wasn't a massive of fan too. of the Raff all over top of the head, com- completely covered thing, but it's grown on me how mm. they've used it in different. I don't like it in the Bay films. Uh, no. I, I liked it in Rise. I thought it worked quite well with Rise. I like that they made him a great big fucking 
I love that they're I have an issue with big turtles rocks. as a rule because they're fucking ninjas. They should be slender. And I still think <laughs> the best design of the turtles is the 1990 movie. Yeah. That, that's because the they look like they can move. Yeah, but I do really yeah. like what they've done with the designs in this film. There's a very funny episode of Roy's. I can't remember if it's season two or not, where um, Splinter's trying to teach them the art of stealth. And uh, and there's a bit where Raph sees like a giant alligator snapping turtle. He's trying to hide behind like three leaves of a plant. And he's just giggling to himself because he's like, I'm doing so well at this. But literally, it's covering up like his chin, maybe. Like, it's very, but he's just like skittering around the room, like <laughs> thinking he's the best ninja since sliced bread. It's very funny. But yeah, no, I the designs for the turtles, the only one that sort of I, I haven't quite vibed with just yet is mikey and it's because his head looks too much like do you remember the movie rango yeah and i don't want to think about johnny depp ever <laughs> if i can help it uh, <laughs> so it, yeah that 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 puts me out. although it is very funny that um the, the sequence in the trailer where he's holding up the watermelon, the watermelon. And he's like why have we picked the fruit that's the exact same shape as my head <laughs> you'll be fine he's gonna die <laughs> i do like that <laughs> thing where the ninja die. star goes off like what was that it's like well nothing we can do about it <laughs> <laughs> should we get pizza <laughs> yeah like this film looks like it's gonna be so far in my wheelhouse it's just stupid because it looks gorgeous the humor looks like it's going to be very much i'm quite I'm quite easy to please with humour because I I can like quite serious political stuff. I can like satire. I can like absurdist humour, physical slapstick nonsense. So like I'm really easy to please. So when a lot of people say like, oh, I didn't like that because I thought the humour was too like childish. I'm like, nah, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> like I'm exactly the same. As long as it's good humour. Like, I yeah. pissed myself laughing at Teen Titans Go to the Movie. Oh, like, one God, of the what funniest a great things I've ever seen. Wonderful, I mean, I like, Teen Titans. I like Teen Titans Go anyway. I'm not one of those fucking dickheads online. It's got one of my <laughs> all-time favourite gags in it about um, Beast Boy when he can't be bothered to go into a fight. He just paints a pigeon green and sends that instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. It just cuts oh. to Robin begging this green pigeon for help. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pigeons. Oh, God. Imagine if Pigeon Pete was in this. God, that'd be a nightmare. But yeah, I am very excited. Like, like full on. Why isn't it August yet? I feel like a child at Christmas. Like, when's it Christmas? Why isn't it Christmas now? <laughs> Annoyingly, I can see this being a good year for Paramount because mm. they've got this. They've got that Dungeons and Dragons movie that actually looks really good, and they've got the next Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. I like the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, I love them. On the downside, though, fuck Paramount Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Because they won't release right. Confess Fletch on fucking physical media in this country. Say what you really think, mate. Uh, they can go suck a bag of dicks, <laughs> is what I think. You're going to hate me now. I thought Confess Fletch was very average. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. For me, it was one of my ten favourites of the year. It made the list. But I can understand why people... Didn't. For me, it's more that I fucking hate that they're killing off physical media. Yeah. And a yeah. film like Confess Fletch that was dumped in the cinema for a week where they're just kind of like oh we've dropped this what's this oh don't look barely any fucking advertising empire did an article on it that then put behind a paywall that fucking brilliant place. brilliant <laughs> whereas you know they should be sticking things like a marvel movie article behind a paywall because they don't need the fucking promotion but anyway that's a side fucking grievance but the other thing is like a film like confess fletch would thrive on physical media mm-hmm. it's got that fletch thing so people of a certain age would see it in hmv 
or Asda or whatever and be like, oh, Fletch, I remember Fletch, the Jerry Chase thing. And they'd probably pick it up from that. Mm. So gone are the days of things like the Bourne Identity getting sequels because it did so well on DVD because they just dumped it on streaming. And I begrudge paying 10 quid for a digital version of a film. Yeah. When I could get a DVD for 10 quid. Well, if I like, more, I could get the fucking Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, me and my hubby have had a bit of a palaver about this because particularly around animated stuff, like a bunch of things, series that we like, have have recently just been like deleted from existence from yeah. streaming and they don't have physical media. So like I'm never going to be able to watch Final Space again. Or yeah, because that's part of Warner Brothers thing, or, isn't it? Yeah, and it drives me insane because Final Space is genuinely, like, if people haven't seen it, I mean, I can't even tell you to watch it now because there is literally no way to do so. Has it gone um, from Netflix now, is it? Yeah. Because um, I'd started to watch it and then I dropped off it just because of life getting in the way and I always meant oh, to go back to it. And then I knew I had to, like, insane. the end of a year to watch it and I just never got back to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking, fucking phenomenal stupid. stuff. No, it was done. Why dump it other than you don't want to have to pay out the little royalty checks to the people involved? Mm. Yeah, it's so me and Rich now have got to a point where we're both sort of like anything that we like, like immediately we're getting it on Blu-ray because it's like at some point someone's going to delete this and we're just not going to have it anymore. <laughs> well, so I know you never technically own a Blu-ray. They're perfectly within Warner Brothers are perfectly within their right to come around your house and demand it back. I ain't gonna. The, the likelihood of them ever actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, future players could come out where that coding no longer works on it i know a couple of people have had issues with older dvds that won't play on certain players now because mm. of just the updates they've done but at least you've still got the physical plus do you ever really own anything the only thing films i bought digitally were the three psych movies because you can't get them for level money on any physical media in any country so mm. i had no choice but to buy those digitally but if amazon prime ever goes down i fucking that's 30 quid i've lost yeah yeah, it's crap. <laughs> like yes. I like I like the ease of streaming, but yeah, anything, oh, anything I do. that if, I like. If the disc is there, but it's on Netflix. Oh I'll yeah, just I'll just watch it on for Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, absolutely, just watch it on Netflix. I'm very lazy. In fact, but I like the fact that the disc is there because <laughs> mm, a lot yes. of my DVDs are now the cases are boxed up in the lofts and I've got little holders and things. It's like, can I be fat to get the holder out and flip through? It's like I need to watch Ransom for an episode of And Why Not, but I'm gonna have to go in the cupboard and pull the box out to get the disc out. <laughs> It's because Disney Plus have taken it off for the moment. Oh, that's bizarre. They seem to like rotate out the films, the older films. That's weird. We watched a terrible movie the year before last called Darby O'Gill and the Little People <laughs> on Disney Sean Plus. Connery. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? It's really bad. I've not seen it for a very long time. Oh my god! So we, me and Rich, after we got married in 2011, the day after our wedding, we came home and we were like, let's eat all of this leftover cake. There was a lot. And uh, let's drink this bottle of wine that people bought us. And let's eat these hotel chocolate chocolates that people bought us. And let's watch a movie. So we watched Taffin, because of course we did. So of course, because we, did, of we fucking, did an episode on Taffin. Of course we did. I love Taffin. Taffin's then, amazing. It's so bad. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. There's, there's a bit where they fucking didn't even get Piers Brosnan back to do the ADR because he's off screen. <laughs> so it's just random Irish guy going, I can't help you lads, but I can tell you what to do. Oh, it's it's such a wonderful film. But then the following year we decided, because we didn't have a honeymoon because I had fucking jury service. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> we, we went to Belgium. That's a honeymoon in itself, isn't it? Brilliant. We went to Belgium the following year. So when we, when we got back, we watched In Bruges and then we sort of were like, oh, that's the second year in a row around our wedding that we've watched a movie that's either like set in Ireland or featuring Irish people or directed by an Irish director. So that's now become our anniversary thing. And in 2020, when we couldn't think of anything else and we didn't know what else to watch, we watched Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And it was 
so bad, like so just dreadful. <laughs> I can't explain. I don't know what accent Sean Connery's doing because it's definitely not Irish, but it's also not really Scottish. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, it just lands somewhere. I, I imagine that was probably the one and only time Sean Connery attempted an accent. And then from then on, he was like, I'll play your Spaniard, but I'll be Scottish when I do it. But I'll be, I'll I'll be just, your Russian I'll submarine Scottish. commander, but I'm fucking Scottish, right? I'll be a dragon. But you kind of like you can get away with it because he's Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, there is that. But it is a bad movie. I mean, I, I don't know if it's so bad it's good, but I feel like if you got pissed and watched it with a bunch of friends, it might be. Um, but it definitely wasn't sit down two of you in the afternoon with a big box of chocolates and watch because you will be like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> there's, there's a couple of episodes of Murder She Wrote set in Ireland. Uh, we're gonna. Well, I. There was. Well, I'm pretty sure one of the movies flashes back to like I think it's like a Celtic curse. Is the title or something, but <laughs> well, that flashes it, back to like, Jessica Fletcher being an Irish ancestor. There's a strong chance we'll just watch Banshees of Inisherin again because it's so good. We try to watch films we've never seen before, but it's hard to find films Irish related slash adjacent that we both haven't seen before because Rich has seen a lot of films. Rich did a couple of years where he decided he was going to watch the equivalent to a movie a day that he'd never seen before. So there were like three years in a row where he watched like 365 films he'd not seen nice. before, which is almost ruined film for him at a point because he was like, I'm watching so many bad films. These films are bad and I hate my life, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm committed now and I've got her. So yeah, he stopped doing that now, shockingly. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're going to watch, you have to know they're bad going in. There's nothing worse mm. though than watching something like, you know, was Mark Commode's film of the year or something? You're watching like this is a load of bollocks. What the fuck am I watching? I think that's the problem is that like there was he watched a lot of so he watched a lot of like horror films, like low budget horror films, and we like expected a lot of them to be crap, so we didn't mind. But there was like a lot of stuff where I don't know, it was like you know critically acclaimed stuff or like people we know were like you should have seen this, it's really good, and then we both watched it and we were like. Oh, it's bad though <laughs> it's really yeah. bad though the one for me was the deer hunter everyone's like you gotta watch the deer hunter i watch the deer hunter it's shit forrest gump is the big one for me i fucking like forrest gump isn't just boring to me i actually genuinely hate it i think it's i think it's truly awful just a truly awful movie and uh in fact that's the only film where a stranger has commented on my letterbox to have a go at me for being terrible and awful as a human uh, being some wanker on twitter the other day did their top 10 kurt russell films and put that at number two because he's in it for like 10 seconds as the voice of elvis nah and that's just somebody doing a top 10 list to get people to fucking have a go and go oh why you got forrest gump on there he's not in forrest gump just so they're going, i mean you're fine he's actually like, well actually <laughs> those are the oh, kind of God. film wankers i cannot stand <laughs> I'd quite like arguing with people about top tens and things because I'm like, it's so opinion. Like, and neither of us can be wrong, but it's fun to argue about it anyway. But I don't like it. This is why I always preface any top ten I do with it's based largely on my opinion of the merits of the film and more importantly, how much I fucking enjoyed it. It's like you with Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like it's what it means to you when you watch it and how you connect with it. Well, I, you know, I sort of. Rich told me off for doing this, but like at the end of every year, we do like a review podcast of like our top five movies and albums and TV shows from the year. And uh, and I prefaced my top five movies with like I was in a bad place for a lot of last year. So a lot of my movies are very sort of like just stupid fun 
action adventure comic book movies like they're not you know serious thinky thinky things uh mostly because i just don't want to sit and cry all the time although rise of the tmnt did make me cry twice at the start and at the end rude um (laughs) but but rich was like don't to fucking justify like if you enjoyed these films you enjoy you don't have to and i'm like yeah but my films have got like it was like sonic 2 turtles doctor strange and he was like yeah and. i mean doctor strange could jump in the fucking ocean but i'm with you on <laughs> i know i know that that's a uh what's it what, what's a marmite movie <laughs> but i movie. <laughs> i personally i personally rather enjoyed it uh they just got the characters so fucking wrong i mean <laughs> This whole phase of Marvel, with the exception of Shang-Chi, which was shit, but I quite enjoyed it, have just been meh. I almost entirely forgot Shang-Chi, except that there's a dragon in it, because I'm always going to remember a dragon in a movie, because I fucking love dragons. Um, I feel with Shang-Chi, they missed a trick by not doing like a 70s kung fu riff type movie. It would have been perfect mm. for that. Shang-Chi was born out of that movement. It would have been the perfect way to do that in a film. But yeah, they just, they they just made it. it. Yeah, they just made it a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie, don't they? Uh, Which seems to be their speciality at the moment. It's like Ant-Man Quantumania I watched. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is it? Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. He's probably the... Mm, my eldest is a big Ant-Man it. fan. And mm-hmm. he came out and he was like, oh, shit. Well, I was I... like, A, don't swear. You're only 13. <laughs> B, That's yes. Fine. Yes, it was. <laughs> I adored Ant-Man. And I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was Okay. See, um, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp were perfect palate cleansers. They're not amazing films, but they're perfectly enjoyable. We've just had this high-octane thing. Let's just, you know, chill out, debrief mm. a little bit, and just have some fun. And yeah. I don't know, they just... I mean, I well, think their biggest problem is they got rid of their biggest hitters. I had a lot of hope for Thor, and then they bollocks that up. It's bad. Love and Thunder's bad, like a bad movie. Again, I wouldn't mind if Thor was Thor, but they just made him a fucking dumbass. Thor isn't what? a dumbass. I, he's, my, he's like a fish out of water, but he's not a fucking idiot. My, my problem with Thor, Love and Thunder, well, I've got a few problems with it, to be honest, but the main one for me is that I didn't need a fourth movie where Thor doesn't know who he is and has to discover yeah. his worthiness again. Like, it's like the Daniel That's, that's all he's fucking done. Yeah, it's like, like I'm I, don't, bond I don't. I'm not quite Bond yet. I was Bond. I'm not Bond anymore. Not Bond anymore. Not Bond anymore. It's like fuck me. Just be Bond, you prick. Just, just, just be Bond. Although yeah, I do. I like was, films. I was saying to you before we started recording that I was worried about this episode in the sense of not having much to talk about because I've seen a lot of very average things, and one of those things was Wakanda Forever, which, which really upset me because Black Panther is one of my favourite Marvel movies. Yeah, I really and like then, Black Panther. And then Wakanda Forever, like. And I know it's not I know it's not their fault, but God, that sequence at the start with the funeral and stuff felt so like, oh, look at us pulling on your heartstrings, but uncomfortably because it, it was a like real the, man. Monetizing like, us pulling yeah, on your heartstrings. Yeah, I, get, I didn't. You know, it, for, a, for uh, certain certain people, they really connected with that, and that is awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And for while me, I understand oof. not wanting to recast Black Panther. I kind of think they've done. I mean, I can't speak, and I'm going to be very careful about how I say it, I kind of think that they did a little bit of a dirty by not honouring the legacy of the character and honouring his legacy. But again, I 100% understand why they didn't do it. I could understand, again, for this film being kind of like, oh, T'Challa's off doing this, or setting it during the snap, or something like that. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I think my my biggest issue with it was because, like you say, like if people found that opening sequence, you know, if that resonated with them, that's absolutely yeah. great. For for me, it felt awkward and and uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, like putting, like putting that aside, amazing movie. But that's the thing. Putting that aside, the rest of the movie, like I don't think Shuri's got the personality to carry. No, a she's movie. a great side character. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. Just like t- tinker, you know, the man in the chair, the tinkering in the background on the computers, they're doing the tech, they're giving you the, uh, you know, the fancy glove that does this thing or whatever. Like that's great. And I don't know, massive spoilers here, by the way, guys. I don't know why they thought of bringing Ironheart into this movie because they sort of fart her character onto you and she just wafts around the movie doing very little there's nothing there to grab onto she's a MacGuffin for a long period of it yeah there was a good thing I saw that was kind of like you know it was special when Tony made an Iron Man suit in a cave it was special about that that's like a one in a kind genius but now they're kind of like there's fucking people everywhere that can chuck that shit together but it's completely (laughs) undermined it I 100% get that. I get that, you know, Riri Williams is a character in the comics. I get that Shear is like that in the comics as well. Maybe not exactly like that, but, you know, that there are other tech geniuses out there, but it just kind of seems like they seem to be falling over them and anybody can knock an Iron Man suit together now. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was just like... Well, I've... studying at a college. <laughs> no more was in that movie and I'd forgotten about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just, there's, there's just so nothing there. It and felt that kind like of we're contra- contractually obliged to a Black Panther sequel, but we haven't got a Black Panther anymore because yeah, you know. And don't get me wrong, do I now. was I was gutted when Chadwick Boseman died. Oh, same because he seemed like such a wonderful dude. Yeah, absolutely gutting. But it's just it. Yeah, like he's the that... first one that comes out of the portal. Obviously, mm. you see Falcon fly over, but then it, but it's like they've forgotten what their characters are. They're, that magic from like the first Iron Man up to the first Avengers movie, it seems to have gone. It's all they're constantly trying to up the previous thing they did before. Mm. It's like no, you've got to scale it right fucking back, but not mediocre in a mediocre way like you did with your Shanky Eternals. Oh God, Widow. I was having I, I was having a massive fit about Eternals in the last episode of Stace and Barry because. The only people I know who like that movie have all said to me, you've got to watch it in three or four parts across three or four nights. No, that then makes it not a, that makes it a bad movie. If I can't watch a movie in its entirety in one sitting and not want to kill myself from boredom, that's a bad movie. Like if I that's, have to break it up, you've made it badly. Go, that's as bad as the people that go, well, yeah, no. You'll have a much more of appreciation of the film once you read this tie-in comic and this novel that goes with it. It's like, fuck that shit. If they can't put it in the film, it's a bad fucking film. Like, one of the reasons I fucking hate Rise of Skywalker is because it's just like Palpatine's back, lads, and you're like, hold on, what, eh? Hey? <laughs> I, be- I beg us your pardon? Like, me and Rich in the cinema, Rich looked at me and he went, I'll tell you after. And I'm like, no, fucking tell me that. What, what have I made? Because I'm, I'm really forgetful as well. in that film, though, both by the line and the way Oscar Isaac delivers it of somehow... Palpatine has returned. Even like, like he's like, the fuck, man. How? Fortnite? It was in Fortnite. I've, not, 
I'm old. I've never looked at a fucking Fortnite. I don't know. I barely even know what it is. Like, I was livid at that. It, like, because I just looked at Rich and I was like, because I'm really, I'm super forgetful. So I find the Star Wars universe a bit difficult anyway, because there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of places. The timeline is not linear in terms of the way the movies have come out. So I have to try and remember, like, what happened where and like it i find it quite difficult so to get to a movie and they're just like this guy's back i was like what did i did i miss a whole film like when when did this happen he was like it happened in downloadable content on Fortnite, and i was like are you actually doing a shit on me like what <laughs> my favorite <laughs> thing in that film is they're getting sucked into like quicksand and finn turns to ray and goes ray i need to tell you something never mentioned again like, yes and then it ends with that cliffhanger of Lando. just, just, just and then that the fucking stormtroopers in that universe are ch- children that were abducted and brainwashed it's like well that makes it all feel really fucking icky now <sighs> i don't understand with those though? films why they went yeah we'll get jj abrams in to do this one we'll get ryan johnson to do the second one and then we'll get colin Trevorrow to do the third one but then we'll sack that fucker and bring jj abrams back to fucking course yeah. correct everything but we won't so, no. like we won't give them any real direction about where we want the actual trilogy to go. Yeah, so no, the middle one can just be completely incongruous. Consistent writer, and they can just bring the directorial flair to it. No, it'll be yeah, just come in and do what the fuck you like. Mad! What a mad trilogy. What bothers me about that as well is that I genuinely quite liked Force Awakens because even though it was kind of like just a new hope again, but with a bird. Like, I didn't mind that, because I was like, I like a new hope. See, that this was the first nice. episode of And Why Not We Did, where I was like, I don't like the film. See, I, I quite I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Like, like, I kind of get why everybody hated the prequels now. Because I quite like the prequels. For me, there's like the George Lucas Star Wars, and then this fucking fan fiction that's come afterwards. The, the prequels are too are too political, but there's too much sitting around talking about See, politics I think Force Awakens needed a little Ugh. bit more politics just to establish what the fuck was going on in that world. So oh yeah, I had no idea. The what was Republic, happening. you've got the Resistance, you've got whatever the fucking bag of First Order. It's like, where the mm. fuck did they come from? How did they rise to power? It's like, oh, you need to read these books. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, I didn't mind Force Awakens, and then I adored Last Jedi. I was like, oh, it's actually like doing some uh, a bit different stuff. So See, like, the first one was for me in the middle Wars. of a trilogy that's not connected to anything else. It would have been a great standalone film. <laughs> yeah. One comes along and it's just like well the whole trilogy makes absolutely zero fucking sense <laughs> like i've talked about this so much people don't need to hear me talk about this again <laughs> what, what, what where were we <laughs> i don't know anymore <laughs> marvel shit uh, star wars shit i might cancel my disney plus because quite frankly i'm getting fucking bored of it mando's been mediocre at best this season i still quite like mando but i think I think I'm just I think I'm just in love with Baby Yoda. <laughs> Cause See, I feel we we were done with Baby Yoda or Grogu. Huh? Fuck Baby Yoda, um, Grogu. I no, kind of feel we were done with Baby Yoda. Nobody that's his Baby Yoda to me. Stop being Yodaist. In my heart, he's Baby Yoda. Um, Not all Yodas are the same. Well, I got I got annoyed at Mando when they were like, "Oh, Luke Skywalker's here," because I was like, "We're we're we're doing things in an entire fucking universe with like squillions of planets. How is everything to fucking do with the Skywalkers? Just put them to goddamn bed." And I was getting so, you know, mad. I was fine with that until I was like, "Oh no, Kylo Ren and his mates kill all the fucking Jedi Luke was training, didn't they?" So. <laughs> That doesn't yeah, end well that? for Grogu, does it? So I can kind of see why they brought him back. But again, you had to watch a completely different fucking series to find out why he was back. <laughs> my problem with the second series of Mando was every so often it would break off and become like, backdoor pilot? Yeah, backdoor pilot. 
So all we're going to do an Ahsoka series if we drop an episode in the middle of Mando. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I am starting to struggle with the Star Wars TV shows because I didn't, I, I couldn't get on with Book of Boba Fett, and That's then it turns shit. out, yeah, and and then it turns out that the last few episodes are basically like Mandalorian season two point five. So I was like, well, I've been told now I fucking have to watch those, otherwise I'm not going to understand whatever. And then like I enjoyed, I can't the the one with uh, Ewan McGregor. Well, I can't remember his name. Obi Wan Kenobi. See, yes. I, I was so disappointed by that. That was the reason I've been waiting on Disney Plus for ages. Or like, that's the thing I really want to see because I love you, McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. His character in Revenge of the Sith is like my favorite fucking character. I'm, I'm a big Wedge Antilles guy from the original series, <laughs> the original trilogy, because uh, you know he chickens out of destroying the first Death Star and he doesn't kiss his sister. It's my kind of X-wing fire. <laughs> and then he does a really bad line delivery in Rise of Skywalker. So I was like, they brought Wedge back. I was like, fuck, they're going to kill him. It's like, no, it's worse. He's just going to be like, you know, I'm so in this for the money. Good shot, Lando. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dennis Lawson, but you were not feeling that at all. And then... Phoning it in. Yeah, Kenobi was just... Why? Why did we need to bring Leia well, I, I watched Kenobi and I was like, that was cool. Like, that'll do. But I've sort of... Got to, I was like, do you know what? It, I didn't regret watching it. I don't think it was the best thing I watched last year, but I also don't regret watching it. But I'm now at the point where I think my brain has gone as far as it can with remembering Star Wars stuff. And there's just too much of it. And I don't watch any of the cartoons and I've never read any of the novels. And I, I've read like maybe six of the comics. <laughs> See, the cartoons so, are great. Apart from, again, this series of Bad Batch has been very patchy for me. I've seen a lot of people saying it's really good, but I don't think I've got it in me to remember that many more new characters. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think we've got too much Star Wars at the minute. I think we've got too much yeah. Marvel and we've got too much Star Wars. They need to just be kind of like, I'm going to take a break. Just calm down. Just calm down, lads. <laughs> calm down, it's fine. I keep, I'm pretty uh, sure that's the only thing making money for Disney at the minute because they don't seem to give a fuck about their original movies anymore. I keep... Um, I keep this thing where I say, oh, yeah, I'm tired of Marvel movies. And then they'll bring out one that I'll be like, fucking hell, that's amazing. Like, I was like, oh, I'm a little bit tired of Marvel movies. And then they brought out Spider-Man No Way Home and I lost my entire fucking mind. <laughs> See, I'm kind of, well, for me, it was going to be if Thor's shit, I'm done. And then Thor was shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if Ant-Man's shit, I'm done. But it's going to be if Guardians 3 is shit, I'm out. <laughs> I'm- I'll just wait for him to come on Disney+. Plus. I'm not going to keep giving him money in the cinema. Anyway, I think we were talking about Marvel movies, but I can't remember for why. Uh, I mentioned Spider-Man, and then you looked like you were gearing up to say something, and then and then I can't remember. I think I said something. To to frozen. Um, okay. <laughs> we can move on from Marvel if you want, and Star Wars. We might have ranted enough on them. Yeah, I feel like I've probably had that conversation about a thousand times on this podcast by I prob- now. I probably have as well. People are probably get- like, really, dude, you just did a whole fucking Force Awakens episode where you banged just, on about it, you prick. I just get too het up because I'm passionate about these things, guys, and I want to enjoy them. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Taking things to a little bit of a serious place, like the one sort of serious review that I've got for this episode. I saw women talking recently. I don't know if you're aware of that movie. I wasn't aware women talked. No, we're not allowed. This is we're not allowed. We're, we're not allowed. How dare you? Well, I am I aware mean, it won an Oscar. It did, I stayed yeah. up and watched the Oscars. 
Oh no, why would you do that? Because I've been doing it since 1998, so it's a force of habit now. Oh no. Like, like Every year I sit there, I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? What am I doing? Like, every year my body goes, it's the Oscars, I'm not going to let you sleep, so... I always find awards ceremonies just a truly baffling affair because on the one hand I'm like they don't mean anything like they're they're so like just just absolute bullshit for you know rich people to give each other little statues of nonsense for no good reason. Oh, it is just a five-hour fucking circle jerk. Yeah, yeah, but then also I get a little bit excited when certain people win. It's like with podcasting awards, I'm always like. I get really pissy because all the awards are always the same, like top level, big podcast, like BBC podcasts and like. Fuckers who don't need an award. <laughs> yeah, the Guardian podcasts and all that sort of stuff. People with like millions of uh, of downloads, but then like as soon as somebody I know that's got a podcast even gets like shortlisted, I'm like, I love podcast awards. Vote for them. Vote for them now. <laughs> Just go insane. I I have issues with those, you know. Oh, I'm up for this award. Vote for me. It's like no fuck off. <laughs> Well, I don't like ones where public votes because they can be very easily diddled. As I found yeah, out, when like, a, you just get your mate, your nan, your auntie, people who've well, not, never fucking seen, listened, watched, read, whatever your thing yeah, is. Yeah, it's not it's even stuff fun. like that. It's uh, a friend. A friend of mine is very savvy with computers and and told me yeah. how easily he could stuff a ballot and no one would know. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, it means nothing. But, yeah. But if I won one, I'd be chuffed. <laughs> like, I'd be throwing a party. Anyway, women talking. Right. So this is yes. a film set. Uh, it's, I don't want to, like, it's it's hard to spoil because the premise of the film is the whole film. It is literally a bunch of women sitting in a barn talking about what they're going to do. They are women in a sort of isolated religious community. I couldn't quite fathom what year it was supposed to be set in, but I think I'm I'm almost certain they tell you at the start, but I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> Perhaps it's like M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, where you think it's set in olden mm. times, but then a plane flies over. Well, I was going to say, it feels olden timesy because it's like one of those sort of communities where it's just like, you know, like a farm and a bunch of women in dresses. Is it like an Amish and... community or something like that? I don't want to throw dispersion. Maybe. I don't think they I don't think they say yeah, in, in there. I don't I think they commit that as a point to a... Of reference rather than... Yeah, the yeah, like that's yeah, like that sort of thing. Um, and they're basically trying to fathom out what to do uh, about the fact that a bunch of the men on the colony keep raping the women. I should put a trigger warning before I started talking about this. Um, it's a movie about sexual assault, and it's it's really fucking heavy. It is like one of the best films I've seen in the past couple of months. <laughs> when Rich was like, "Do you want to watch this?" and then read the blurb to me, I was like, "I don't know if want is the correct word." And so, like in reviewing it, I would have to say, "I don't think enjoyed is the correct word here," because it's, it's like the yet. film Mass that was my film of the year last year. It's amazing, but it's about four people sitting around talking about a school shooting, which doesn't sound like, "Yeah, I want to sit down and watch that for an hour and a half." But it's an amazing mm. film. Yeah, it, it, it's it's truly like a powerful exploration of like the aftermath of sexual assault it's just it's just so well done like all of the performances in it are just like proper like powerhouse performances and i just like i was blown away by it but also i'm never gonna watch it again i don't think yeah (laughs) like i don't i don't want to feel like that again and to be fair it ends on a well there's like hopeful notes throughout so it's not like it doesn't like relentlessly bang you over the head with awful but just, you know, it is like a two hour film talking about 
sexual assaults so so like if that's if you're not in the brain space for that absolutely don't watch it because it will yeah. break you but i felt remiss in not mentioning that i've seen it because it is truly a truly a brilliant movie and i do think people should watch it if they've got the emotional bandwidth it is on my list of films to watch just take Again, care of yourself when you do is what i would say it's not going to be a massive fun watch no i'll tell you what i watched that was a massive fun watch I'll oh, go on. Sprinkle some fun in here. <laughs> I went last night to the cinema because it was the last chance I had to watch it to watch Rye Lane. I've not even heard of it. <laughs> it's like a British rom com, and it's um, oh, it was really fucking funny. It was like eighty odd minutes, about eighty two minutes long, eighty two minutes long. Yeah, excellent. It's really funny. It's mostly black cast, mostly black characters, so not your typical, you know, well off white people walking around london mm-hmm. talking about how hard their middle class lives are um, yeah because they can't get a boyfriend it was just really <laughs> fresh and funny it was shot really nicely it's um rain allen miller was the director it's her first film or first feature film i think she's done some tv stuff and that but it's just so visually interestingly shot as well because it is basically before sunrise all that it's just two people who meet randomly she overhears him crying in the toilets about his ex-girlfriend and it's it's got like the most amazing use of the song rewind (laughs) okay (laughs) well it flashes back to the two mates at school fucking peeing at the urinals brilliant and stay till the end of the credits because there's an outtake of that and it's hilarious um but it's just really (laughs) i love outtakes i wish more movies did them do you know the reason Jackie Chan has outtakes in his movies as a side note? It's because he was in no. Cannibal Run and he assumed that that's what all films did. It's the legend brilliant. anyway. That's so brilliant. that's why he puts outtakes in all his films. Admittedly, his outtakes are like him missing a thing and like having a bone hanging out of his leg and strapping yeah, up and that's carrying on. Not so much what I was thinking when I said I enjoyed <laughs> outtakes. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a really fresh, funny film. I mean, I quite like a rom-com anyway, I'll freely admit. Um, See... I'm a truly baffling person when it comes to rom-coms because I say I don't like like I tend to like rom-coms that are also very much another genre like The Princess Bride which is very much also a fantasy or Scott Pilgrim versus the World which is very much also like a ridiculous video game slash comic book action movie thing but I do absolutely adore When Harry Met Sally and yeah. Before the the Before trilogy love those movies and I don't know I don't know why those above any other <laughs> rom-coms but there we go see i like that i've always had a soft spot for notting hill never seen Again, it it's, never it's, seen it it's middle class white privileged people living in london but at the same time i just got a really nice soft spot for it possibly because when i saw it at the cinema it's got lorelei king in it who was the voice of lois lane on the bbc radio superman series <laughs> right so <laughs> louder than i intended to i went it's lois lane my girlfriend at the time looked at me like Who's this nerd? <laughs> I was amazed. Nobody was like, nerd! <laughs> I possibly Brilliant. didn't say it as loud as I think I said it, but in my memory, I virtually stood up and was like, it's fucking Lois Lane, you pricks! <laughs> um, if you yeah, said no, it like that, that'd be a bit rude. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend checking out Ryland. I imagine it's a Fox Searchlight, so it'll probably go on Disney Plus at some point. Yeah. It's a BBC, BFI, Fox Searchlight, so it'll end up on something. But I had to go and watch it last night because it was the last night I could watch it because it disappeared from all cinemas around me today. It was like, do I want to watch that or do I want to watch Shazam? I was like, fuck Shazam. I don't know how I feel about Shazam. Shazam, but Black Adam was shit. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And like people have said that the second Shazam is better than Black Adam, but I'm like, I don't think that's hard. So. I was going to say, that's, 
mean, that's a low bar. Black Adam was perfectly fine if it had come out in 2004. <laughs> you are so right. You are so right. I, I forgot what happened in it, so that's that tells yeah. you about that movie because it only came out what last year. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Marvel again. Fuck off, Marvel. That's, that's DC. DC, come it on. Is, you, you it is. It is. You're right. You, you don't want to get those people after you. Yeah, you have yeah, the no, Snyder Bros on your ass. I'm so tired. Fucking do one as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an excuse for myself because I have slept probably a grand total of about six hours this whole week from being ill. So I am. I'm I'm amazed I've put words together into sentences. If I'm honest. You haven't. Oh, I was gonna say I'll come to edit this and I'm like, what is this absolute drivel that I'm spouting? Absolute <laughs> drivel. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, that, um, that it's sounds nice good. as well to see a non-showy blockbustery fucking movie. Yeah, because my I wife would've... was like, "Is it really worth going to the cinema to watch?" And I was like, "No, I really want to kind of support films like this." Mm. I want to see. I want to watch more comedies at the cinema because the the problem that I've had is that since COVID is I haven't really felt a thousand percent comfortable at the cinema. So it's like. It takes like an event movie to get me there. Well, it's um, kind of the things where it's so much fucking hassle going to the cinema as well. It's not it just really that you've got to get there, park, pie. So it's like that's a good half hour out of the day anyway. Getting there, getting back, you've got fucking half an hour of fucking adverts, trailers that are usually alright. <laughs> trailers, say, I don't mind. It was the trailer for Rye Lane that was like, I really need to see this film because again, I love things like High Fidelity and that. So I'm always looking for like my new favourite. Yeah, small movies, I love high so like high fidelity, station agent, all those little movies that used to come out that now tend to drop straight on streaming. So it's like for that to be in the cinema, it's why I was big on seeing Confess Fletch at the cinema. It's like this is the kind of film they don't make anymore. It reminded me very much of like those late nineties, early two thousands Steven Soderbergh, Elmore Leonard adaptations, like Out of Sight. Hmm. Um, it's not Steven Soderbergh, but Jackie Brown, those sort of hip crime movies that they kind of did to death <laughs> off the back of the success of. Tarantino went out of sight and all that sort of thing. Um, mm. Get shorty, those sort of things. I know you didn't like Confess Fletch, but or you know he's. I didn't hate it. I just yeah, I thought it was an aggressively average. Again, <laughs> it was just something different, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked John Hamm, and obviously I got I grew up with the Chevy Chase movies. My dad loved them, so mm. by <laughs> default, it's kind of you. When you I grew up, to. you watched the shit your parents watched, or you went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why nearly all the movies I would, uh, love are um, I've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in them because yeah. that's all my granddad would watch when I lived uh, at home with my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around to my kids and went, "Do you want to watch Predator tonight?" I'm like, "No, we'll just go up and either watch YouTube or play on the Switch or whatever." No, like, in no, my day, it was dis- like it's like this or go read a book or go to bed. <laughs> dis- disown those children. If your children don't want to watch Predator, you've raised them wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's on me then, rather than them. <laughs> Put them My eldest is slowly coming around to movies. It's again, they're of that generation where anything over the fucking a ten minute YouTube video. <laughs> although they can sit through fucking hours of some bell end playing a game online and just uploading that See, video to YouTube. I don't know what it is about my attention span. I think it's I think it's that a movie has got to grab me fairly quickly because I can sit and watch like a three, three and a half hour film and be riveted if it picks me up straight away. But if a movie loses me in the first, like, I don't know, 15 minutes, I'm just on my phone the whole time. Yeah. It could be an eight. That could be, it's like the thing with Ray Lane. It could be 82 minutes long, but if it doesn't mm. grab me in that first five, 10 minutes, it mm. could be the longest 82 minutes. Whereas something like Heat, I, it's such a white bloke's film. Never to seen it. But 
heat grabbed me from the off and it's like fuck that like three hours flew by well it was like with me last year in rrr like i was just i put that i put it on and rich was like this movie is like three hours and two minutes or some shit and i was like oh no and then within the first five minutes i was like fucking hell this movie's phenomenal and then it just kept up in itself from there and i was like how does this even exist i was i love that film i cannot recommend that film enough (laughs) it's so good it's, yeah, I, I can sit through a film of any length if it grabs me. Mm. Once it starts to get that sagging, or first time if it grabs me, if it get that sag, you know, it's more like Avengers Endgames really fucking sags for me in the middle. Really? When, now, when, see, they, I... when they do the going back in time thing, partly because I was like, fuck, well, if they brought time travel into this shit now, then nothing matters anymore, does it? <laughs> see, I I have a great thing with time travel because I just don't I just don't think about it because I know that if I think about it too much, I'm either going to pick holes in the story or I'm just going to get so confused that I'm like, Bleh. so I just take everything that happens on the screen at face value. It's, it's the Austin so, Powers Basil Expedition thing, isn't it? I suggest you don't think too much about it. You yeah. shouldn't either. Well, like, so not to bring it all back to the Turtles again, but the Roy's movie has like a, a time travel situation happening. And the, the whole time I was like, what's going to happen to Casey afterwards? <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was like, he's what have, his future's not there anymore. And I, I didn't know what to do in my own brain. And then I was like, you know, I just don't, don't think about it. Just enjoy the ninjas ninjuring on your telly. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, that's uh, watching Doctor Who for you. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I mean, I'm not saying Endgame's a bad film. Infinity War's the better film. Um, Infinity War is better. I'll give you that. But, I mean, the big problem with Endgame is you kind of, I just want to watch you guys fuck Thanos up. I could have happily watched a three-hour fight. Because <laughs> that's kind of, I've, I'd invested. Well, a bit like, more substance, but. <laughs> well, yeah, like a little yeah. bit more substance, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, see, we saw that at a midnight showing, and it is one of, I think it's the only midnight showing I've ever been to of a film that's, like, come out you know, then, and I was fucking buzzing afterwards. I couldn't sleep for hours. <laughs> oh, I, I loved it. I mean, that last hour really covers cracks that happened earlier on. Mm. It's such a strong last hour once they've fixed it. Although the five years later thing always never sits right with me. I, my only problem with Endgame... I think and this I said part this, of my problem with Phase 4 is that they've painted themselves into a corner and they really don't know how to get out of it. Well, my, my only problem with Endgame, and I think I've said this, if I've not said it on the podcast before, I've definitely said it to people I know, is that uh, there weren't enough stakes. They built Thanos up to be like, everyone's going to fucking die. Everyone you know and love, dead. Thanos, world's biggest, everyone's dead. No, it's just Iron Man, it's fine. <laughs> and it's like... It's only really Iron Man because he chose to. Like, it's such a, like, you know, you get to the end. and Okay, Black Widow as well, I guess. But, like, yeah, we've, like, we've got we've got shit tons of people running around on a, on a massive, like, you know, fucking war thing that's happening. And we've got one casualty, really. And I was like, well, that, like, and I think that's what's lacking, really, for me in terms of the, this phase is that I don't feel like any of the villains have felt like a threat. Or that they've been stakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we're I'm talking about Marvel again. I could quite happily like have nobody die. I'd have quite happily had that film end with Tony and Pepper's wedding mm. rather than Tony's funeral. Spoilers, obviously. Um, yeah, it's old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen it by now, you don't give a fuck. You don't um, care about Marvel now. <laughs> but uh, you know, if they kill people off and it's done well, fair enough. But at the same time, I don't need 
you don't have to kill people off. They can just, you know, do a cap. And although the cap thing never sat right with me, it's like, so does, does he just well, does it, everything now in this ultimate? I was going to say, yeah, that doesn't make sense either, time wise. Don't think about it. Don't look at it. Just don't, don't look at it. Like, it's fine. Another cap's problem. Yeah, that's the other it's a, it's a problem for a different me. Yeah, and I've just they paint themselves into a corner. But anyway. I've just realised how long we've been talking. So was there anything else you wanted to bring up before we move on to the musical recommendations section? I don't think so. I think I've... Ray Lane. Go watch Ray Lane. Or wherever, if you can still see it in a fucking cinema. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's not a big movie, so it gets like a week or two and then they just sweep it aside. I hate stuff like that. It drives me a bit potty because uh, I do like going to the cinema. <laughs> just so much effort anyway um hey let's do a little bit of music recommendations then so you sort of threw three songs at me earlier and you was like it's going to be one of these have you made a decision <laughs> yeah it's none of those no oh um, what <laughs> i i am going with i mean i people who know me will be kind of like it's going to be fucking springsteen isn't it so i'm not going for springsteen i'm going to go for the rihanna one not that rihanna the 2002 <laughs> rihanna from leeds um, the O oh Baby one, just because I've been listening to it a lot lately, because it's just when I'm in a funk, it's a weirdly picks me up kind of song. It's a weird mix of like early 2000s pop funk weirdness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I have like sort of periods where I'm like oh, I'm feeling a bit blue, so I want to listen to something sad. But then I have another period where I'm like oh, I'm feeling a bit blue, so I want to cheer myself up. So I've got like a full on playlist of just like yeah cheery tunes that are gonna psych me up <laughs> yeah i have i've got ones that go from like that to like joe and Trading's trading's weakness in me which is a sad song then another song to bring me back up again and i bring myself down to level off a little bit yeah you can't if you you can't put your liked playlist on random because the the emotional whiplash from like the other week i was listening to <laughs> i had my liked playlist on random and it went from hurt by johnny cash to um oh which ninja sex party song was it one of the more pervy ones and it just the just the emotional whiplash of being like oh no i'm really sad now and then to just silly sex shenanigans was was rough <laughs> or, or it plays all your sad ones in long long go like, oh, yeah no i need the up i need the you just up. sitting there weeping like help um, don't think i didn't have like a 25 song long list that i was whittling down either <laughs> Because I mean, well, my, my go-to is the greatest song of all time, which is Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. But if I put <laughs> okay. that on your playlist, then you don't ever need to put anything else on your playlist. Oh, that's that is true. I'm not sure I even know that the greatest song. song. Shocking. I bet you do. I probably do, but I, don't, I just don't know the title because I'm back. I, like I say, my memory is terrible, and I don't I don't know the titles of things. I uh, my song that I chose this time was that it came about because I did a guest spot on um, Sound Clash on South Wales One Radio. Why is that so hard to say? South Wales One, which is a show where the hosts versus the guests in a theme of songs and uh, people get to vote on who's picking the best songs on that theme. And so um, I guested with a friend of the parlour, Pete Rogers, and we were against uh, Chris and Lee on the theme of duets. And I had about 53 songs that I wanted to play and we were only allowed to pick five. (laughs) And uh, oh, Oh, that was hard. It was really hard. So this was one of the songs that didn't make it onto the show because I thought it might be a bit too downer and I thought no one would vote for it. <laughs> um, so this is uh, This Mess We're In by PJ Harvey featuring Tom York from one of the best albums that's ever existed. Amazing album. 
absolutely amazing album. Absolutely corking song. I discovered song. PJ Harvey because of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I, for me, it was working in a music zone. A lot of my musical tastes come from other, because I'm not good at seeking things out. So a lot of my musical tastes come oh, from yeah, other again. people going, here's the thing. Working have you heard Fox this? and HMV massively opened up. Yeah. And sort of various people I've met, like I had a friend who was really into The Who and Pink Floyd who sort of got me in touch with that. And then I got into Big Star and that through working at HMV because somebody was watching an episode of that 70s show in the break room. They're like, you know, that's a Big Star song. I was like, what? What the fuck what? is this big star you're talking about? It's like, yeah. they did working like two and a bit albums. And <laughs> working in a music store is great because uh, the, the store that I worked in as well, Music Zone, and uh, at Ball Street in Birmingham was such a weird selection of people because there was like, there seemed to be like a lot of middle-aged men and then just like a lot of young people who needed Christmas temp jobs and then just yeah. stayed and never left. And so like the musical tastes were just absolutely bananas. That's where I got into Scott Walker. <laughs> I said, if um, anybody looks at my CD collection and tries to read what kind of person it is from that, it's like they'd be like, when, he's uh, got fucking Taylor Swift, Jay Z, Springsteen, Beach Boys, <laughs> Pink Floyd, jazz when, albums. Um, Who the fuck is this person? When they do, when people do those things on Twitter, that's like, oh, name you know eight albums to get to know you, and I'm like, you won't know shit. I could give you 53 albums, and you'd be none the wiser. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm have to break these eight albums into like. Eight Springsteen albums, eight jazz albums, <laughs> eight rap albums. Well, hey, those songs will both be going on to the Parlour Recommendations Spotify playlist, the link to which will be in the show notes if you want to have a listen to all the stuff what me and my guests have picked in the past. I think there's like six errors on that playlist now. It's getting a bit ridiculous. I think so, yeah. I scrolled through it just to make sure nothing I was going to pick was on there already. I have to keep checking it every now and again to make sure I don't pick the same songs because I'm, a, like I say, absolute disaster in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to plug anything before i go and make myself a cuppa no and why not that's it and pretty much and why not? in space action on that where we talk about the running man there is we're nearly at the end of part one i think adam's family values the next episode to come out and then we move into part two so it's the game batman master the phantasm running man with a little side episode on a uh, amy's story <laughs> no yes no. yes no Ransom, the Mel Gibson film, uh, the Ooh. 1967 Casino Royale, and then possibly a episode on my ranking of the Bond films from my rewatch from this year. Nice. That one's the only one that's not 100% confirmed. See, I love them. They're, uh, they're men's movies. They're not for me. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I say that as though I don't. I was going to say, I don't, I, like, I'll say that like oh, I've got a womanly taste in movies. Absolutely not. Uh, I just it's, like it's what not I like. It's not and muscly enough for you. We know this. From no, here. it's not. It's not I love greasy, greasy men. It's what I love. Just sweaty, dirty, just sweaty, dirty, bearded men. Um, There's no scene where he arrives on a beach in his pants and then just armors up. No, I don't. I want that in my movies. People who haven't heard the episode that we did about Commando will be so confused right now. Like, what is she talking about? Look, I just really love Commando. <laughs> just wait for the Running Man one. You'll understand the Amy reference then. <laughs> I love that film. I can't wait for that episode to come out because I've already forgotten most of what I said on it. So um, I'll listen That's to it. That's the about recording these so far in advance is when I come to edit them, they're fresh. <laughs> yeah, I uh, when I listen, I always listen back to Never Seen, even though it's a podcast that I do because I don't remember half of it. <laughs> uh, people are going to be worried about me after this episode, aren't they? I'm sure it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. It is. Oh, no, no, no. Um, well, Stuart, it's been an absolute pleasure. That's all right. Thank uh, you for having me on. Sorry if I ranted about. 
anything in particular. Fuck Paramount Pictures. To be fair, to be fair to you, I think it's a good thing that we went off the Turtles rails pretty early because otherwise I probably could have talked about the trailer for the whole episode and people would be like, just calm yourself, woman. <laughs> so <laughs> people don't nice understand. The structure of nerd chat slash rant slash. Well, that's that's how the parlour is. I just invite people to come and rant because when you were like the stuff I've been watching I was like fuck I watched the Oscars I pretty much rewatched <laughs> all of As Time Goes By the uh mm. we're on a Bob's Jeffrey Palmer Bob's rewatch we're on a Bob's Burgers rewatch at the moment so that'll yeah See, I'm not all, all my crime programs are back so my Blue Bloods my NCIS's I'm rewatching Diagnosis Murder for no good fucking reason <laughs> of course you are I tried to watch some new things and I found them all so average that I just didn't want to talk like I watched Infinity Pool which was fine and I watched a film called A Knock at the Cabin, which was a little bit under fine. It was right. I lost interest uh, in M. Night Shyamalan films, to be honest. I don't think I've seen most of it. I was wrapping this podcast up and I've started again. <laughs> I don't think I've seen most of them because I wasn't as enamoured with the earlier ones as everybody else was anyway. So I was like, oh, if, if other people are saying these are shit now, then they're probably I'm going to find them really shit because I didn't like the Sixth Sense and I didn't like Signs and. See, I like them, but I've never really got back to them. Sixth mm. Sense was ruined for me because somebody said, "Oh, there's a plot twist in it," and I went. Somebody did that to me too, and I immediately was like, "Stairs for the twist." Fendi. See, no, I didn't do that. I just went. So Bruce Willis is dead then. Oh. And I guessed the plot twist. And I'm like, "Have you fucking seen it?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "It just seemed like the most obvious twist, to be honest." Yeah, and then it became a thing with watching them where you're like, oh, there's going to be a twist. It's an M. Night Shyamalan film. It's like I've got no interest in watching old because I don't want to watch the fucking... Oh, it's bad. It's so shit. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those movies where, you know how you have some films where you think they're shit, but you're like, I can see why other people like that. I can see why yeah. somebody would find that fun. I literally cannot understand anyone that enjoys that movie. And I listened to a podcast. I think it was Scott Hasn't Seen with um, Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang. And he was talking about how he thought it was really good and he was glad he watched it. And I was like, what fucking film did you see? How on earth? Like, I got my brain. I just could not compute at all. I was like, I don't understand any of the words that you're saying in praise of this movie because it's badly written, it's badly shot, the sound is bad, it looks bad. It's just everything about it. You've got me started and I was wrapping up. <laughs> this is the end. This is the end of the podcast. It's the end of the show. Thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute delight. That's all right. Thank you for having me on. Where can people find you on that there internet if they want to do you a little follow? Um, um, on Twitter, it's Am Why Not Pod. All and all the socials actually. If you put in Am Why Not Pod, it should come up. And me personally is at Token Nerd, but I don't really do a lot on my personal one at the minute. When I'm actually drawing or working on comics, I occasionally put stuff up. Stuff up, but uh, I did a panel of a comic the other day, and I was like not really feeling this at the minute so i'm back on the back burner <laughs> my personal twitter now is just retweets of things from the parlor account <laughs> so uh, i wouldn't even bother looking for it mates um <laughs> right well that's that that's another podcast in the fucking bag how about that listeners have a good one and i'll see you next month bye everyone thank you for listening to stacy's pop culture parlor to get in touch with me the titular stace you can follow me on twitter at stacy's parlor Send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. 
If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>